0: Mike Ling. And I'm Charles Lee, and you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and the effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, David Robson will join us to discuss the expectation effect. So stay tuned for all of this, plus the Grokatron 5000, and our world-famous question a week. Coming right up here on the Grok's Science Show. Back to the Groxy Science Show. Well, cutting edge science is now revealing how our mindset shapes every facet of our lives. And joining us today to discuss this issue is Mr. David Robson. Mr. Robson is an award-winning science writer based in the United Kingdom. He's a graduate of Cambridge University, previously worked as an editor at New Scientist and a journalist at the BBC. His writings have appeared in numerous sources, including The Guardian, The Atlantic, Men's Health, and others. And his first book, The Intelligence Trap, was published in 2019, been translated into 15 languages. He has penned the new book, The Expectation Effect, How Your Mindset Can Change Your World, which explores this topic for a general audience. And Mr. Robson, thanks so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. There's certainly a great book you've put together here, The Expectation Effect, which you really talk about how we uh, view the world. I'm curious why you decided to put the book together. Yeah, that's a great question. I mean... As a science journalist, I've been covering the uh, placebo effect you know, for years because it, it was a really rapidly growing area of interest for but Actually, what really prompted me to kind of think about it personally
1: and, and to realise that it could be so powerful was when I experienced a phenomenon called the nocebo effect. Now, that's actually the opposite of the placebo effect. So, it's when you believe you might become ill, you actually start to experience the symptoms. And it's really common with people uh, suffering from certain side effects from drugs and we know this because in the clinical trials you have people taking placebo pills as well as people taking the active drugs and often when people are taking the placebo pills but they've been warned that they might experience the side effects such as migraines or nausea or fatigue that they actually start to experience those side effects as well as some of the benefits of the drugs. Now I actually experienced this myself when I was prescribed some pills by my family physician And she just happened to mention that one of the common side effects were really bad migraines. And, you know, I started taking the pills and they really seemed to be helping me to relieve the symptoms of my condition. They were antidepressants. But at the same time, I did experience this really bad migraine that came back day after day. Now, I could have discontinued the treatment if I hadn't been aware of the psychological literature. But at the time, I just happened to be looking into the placebo effect. Uh, for my work to research an article for the BBC. And it was just an amazing coincidence, but it actually just told me that maybe with these pills, I was actually just experiencing this placebo effect that was caused purely by my expectation. The doctor had implanted this expectation in my head when she told me about the potential side effects and then I was kind of living that out in some kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. And it was that realisation that actually helped to relieve me of all of the pain. It just opened my mind to the possibility that it wasn't actually inevitable and it wasn't a direct effect of the drug itself. So essentially I read that paper in the morning, had my lunch, and by the end of the day the pain had almost vanished. And it just really proved to me how powerful our expectations can be to shape our well-being. And that caused me to look into all other kinds of expectation effects, so beyond medicine, But also looking at things like the effects of our expectations on the physiological processes of exercise and the benefits we get, our diet, even how quickly we age can be shaped by our expectations. You know, gathering all this research it became obvious to me that this was a story that really needed to be better known.
0: Is this something that reveals fundamental principle or the way the brain works?
1: Mm. Yeah, you know, this really is. It's actually like one of the most prominent new theories um, in neuroscience of how how the brain works and even how consciousness happens. Um, It's this idea of predictive processing. So um, essentially the brain is always trying to simulate what's going on around it and what's going to happen in the near future. And that's mostly been studied in perception. So we know that people's uh, kind of expectations of what they're about to see can actually shape their perception quite profoundly. we say that seeing is believing but actually believing is seeing you know and this, this is quite evident in lots of reports of paranormal phenomena you know if you tell someone that they might hear a, a ghostly voice in a recording of white noise they're much more likely to hear it but actually it also explains all of the other expectation effects that I described because when the brain's building these simulations it's also preparing the body for the next challenge that it's going to face so it's changing things like levels of inflammation within the body, the vasculature, the heart is beating, the levels of hormones, you know, levels of neurotransmitters, all of these things are shaped by our expectations through this predictive processing. So, I mean, just to give a proper definition of the expectation effect, I'd say that it's this phenomenon where our beliefs and expectations become But also, it can be through changes to our physiology, as we see with the placebo effect, and also in lots of the other expectation effects in how we respond to stress, you know, how we respond to a new diet, all of these things. And, you know, often it's a combination of all three of these factors can can be quite powerfully create these self fulfilling properties. Mm.
0: How is it that we build up our expectations? Is it just purely through experience? Yeah, you know, I think like uh, a lot of it does come from
1: expectation effects you know we actually learn to see in our first few years we learn what to expect in certain contexts and then those expectations are kind of just tweaking what we see and what we experience our kind of conscious experience so definitely like past history is really important i think we also learn a lot of our expectations just from our culture what kind of believed to be true within our culture we just accept as being true objectively without even questioning it and one of those examples I would give would be, in the West, our attitudes to stress. So we assume that stress is inherently dangerous and debilitating for us and that it should be avoided. And this actually creates a negative expectation effect. So it actually heightens the damage that stress can do to us because we have that cultural belief. And the fact is that, you know, that that's not just me. It's not just on the individual basis. It's actually very widely shared and reinforced in television coverage and magazines and you know like the people that we speak to and so expectations can come from all kinds of sources but what the research shows us very clearly is that we can also change our own expectations and quite amazingly actually just learning about the science of the expectation effect often seems to be enough to kick start that process so in a lot of these studies when they're trying to change people's expectations they just ask them to read a a scientific article you know maybe one or two pages long that explains how their expectations might be shaping their experience and having that knowledge just helps people to change those expectations and then to kind of live a different self-fulfilling prophecy actually you know i had that experience the very first experience i had of placebo effect that caused me to write this book was an example of that you know i just learning about the nascebo effect actually helped me to neutralize that negative
0: expectation so that I received that amazing pain relief. Is there sort of a way to make some expectations that are positive a little more sticky?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it does require work. So I would say in these scientific studies, what they found is that learning about science um, can help to have a short-term effect. But in my personal experience, you do have to kind of revisit this, and it's almost about always questioning your assumptions and kind of looking for kind of small incremental improvements and really testing the boundaries of your comfort zone. Um, And I'll just give one example of that in my own life would be my attitude to stress and anxiety, uh, which I mentioned, you know, culturally we have this idea that if you experience anxiety, it's automatically bad and it's going to damage your performance. And that's especially true for me when I'm kind of doing public speaking. You know, if my heart is racing and I feel short of breath and I feel that my voice might be wobbling a bit, I kind of can catastrophize those experiences and assume that actually it's that that's going to damage my performance. And what the scientists have shown is that actually you can neutralize that negative expectation effect by just telling people about the evolutionary benefits of anxiety. You know, we actually evolved to feel anxious to have all of those as sensations in our body because it's actually good for us when we face a challenge to have a racing heart that's pushing lots of oxygenated blood to your brain. You know, that makes your thinking sharper. Similarly, the hormones that we associate with stress like cortisol, in moderate levels, can actually sharpen our thinking and keep us on our toes and make sure that we're really prepared to think on our feet and to think quickly. Now what they found was that just telling people about those adaptive benefits of anxiety actually neutralised the negative expectations and they improved people's performance, whether it was on public speaking or whether it was on taking an exam, going to an interview, into a difficult business negotiation. You know, in all of these cases, it was really beneficial to people to actually learn about the, the benefits of their anxious feelings and to learn that they could actually be performance enhancing. So that definitely helped me. But what I found was that it wasn't enough for me to just kind of think that once, and I wasn't just automatically transformed into this amazingly charismatic speaker. You know, I saw like a moderate benefit the first time. But I actually then had to keep on revisiting that, kind of reminding myself of of those facts again and again. And over time, I actually became much more comfortable with public speaking, much, much less likely to let the anxiety overwhelm me. But it's really much more about edging out of my comfort zone rather than Kind of immediately expecting miraculous change
0: have you found that it's fairly easy for others to change their expectations
1: yeah it really does seem to be easy and manageable that's what the research shows and it's in all different contexts so you know not just with stress but you know if you're changing people's perceptions of the symptoms they're experiencing as a result of an illness you know that can actually help to speed up their recovery um Similarly, if you're changing people's perceptions of their fitness, that can improve their physiological performance in the gym, you know, it can change things like how efficient the lungs are at exchanging oxygen for carbon dioxide, and it can improve their endurance. You know, in all of these ways, people can see these positive benefits. And it really is more about keeping an open mind, I think. So none of this is asking people to believe something that isn't actually true. It's just actually asking them to reconsider the negative expectation that they had and to try to become more objective, more open-minded, just more open to the idea that actually things might be better than they had expected.
0: What was the most surprising thing that you encountered regarding the expectation effect?
1: Mm, I mean, there were so many surprises. And, you know, I'd like to emphasize that I do actually apply like everything I learned in the expectation effect because, you know, each kind of area of my life, I think, is you know, I found something that was useful. But if I had to pick one that really blew my mind, it would be the research on aging. So about 20 years ago, almost exactly, Becca Levy, who's at Cornell University, I believe in, in the US, she started looking at these longitudinal studies of how well people were aging, so how likely they were to experience different disabilities and illness. And what she found was that actually people's expectations and beliefs about aging, in midlife or even before seemed to predict how well they would age. So you had some people who just associated aging with purely negative things. So they assumed that it was just purely about vulnerability and disability and decline. And you had other people who had a more nuanced or positive view of aging. So I don't really think these people denied the fact that, you know, they might experience some health problems, but they also thought that aging could be a time for personal growth. They thought that actually some abilities actually improve with aging. So things like general knowledge actually peak very late in life. The same with vocabulary size. So you're more expressive uh, expressive as you get older. And even things like decision-making can improve as you, as you get older. So, you know, in your 70s and 80s, that's when you're most likely to make the wisest decisions of your life. And what she found was that those beliefs, whether they were largely negative or largely positive, could predict all kinds of illnesses from cardiovascular disease to Alzheimer's and other kinds of dementia and it could even predict people's longevity. The difference was about seven and a half years between the two groups, between the negative and the positive uh, beliefs. So, you know, that's a huge difference for how long people are living. Now, that was that first study came out about 20 years ago, but um, scientists, you know, from across the world have really started to One is the behaviour. So, if you're defeatist about aging, you might be less likely to take care of your body by doing exercise or by eating a healthy diet. And, you know, there's no doubt that that is important. But there's also a physiological link there, too. And what you find is that if you associate aging with vulnerability, once you reach certain milestones in your life, you start to see all kinds of challenges as being more threatening, being more dangerous, being more, more stressful. So, that leads to a peak in hormones like. And not just a peak, but actually like this kind of chronic level of stress, which we know is bad for the body. We also know it increases inflammation in the body, which causes wear and tear to our tissues. You can actually see those changes right down to the cellular level. So things like the length of the telomeres, the kind of protective caps at the end of our chromosome, are affected through this link by our age belief. And the result, you know, over many years is the fact that you're either more or less likely to experience these diseases and eventually to die as a result of your belief. And when I heard about that, it was just, like, incredible. And I knew immediately then that this wasn't just a personal interest, but it's actually of huge importance to society. And so that was why I decided that um, I really wanted to write the book and to kind of spread that message to as many people as possible.
0: People reading about the expectation effect, what would you like them to take home regarding the whole issue of expectation in our bodies?
1: So, I think there are a couple of other expectation effects that I really think are so important. I'd love people to remember. One is about sleep because I've just found that, you know, when I talk about it to my friends and family, that they immediately respond to this and, and there's a, a lot of research now showing that our beliefs about how much sleep we've had the night pre- the previous night can influence our functioning the next day and often our beliefs about how much we've slept aren't very objective. So you have people going into sleep labs that measure brain activity and they can show that lots of people get like a full eight hour sleep, there should be no problem. But if they over exaggerate, you know, small disturbances at night and believe that they were much more serious than they really were, then they really suffer from all of the kind of things we associate with insomnia, things like poor cognition, poor concentration, irritable moods, You know, even things like blood pressure can be affected by both beliefs. So that's quite incredible, and I think it's such a common issue for so many people that that alone needs to be better known. Um, But I think more generally, just I would like people to to realise that actually their lives are being shaped by expectation effects all the time. Often we're not conscious of them because we just assume that our expectations are objectively true. And we just accept the negative expectations as if there's no other way of looking at the world. But actually when you look at this science, and there's a huge body of science, you know, I cite in my book 450 peer-reviewed papers and there were many more that I didn't include. When you look at that scientific literature, you realise that actually these are profoundly shaping our well-being. And with this knowledge, with this understanding of the expectation effect, we really can
0: make quite remarkable changes to our lives and to our overall health and happiness. We were just talking with Mr. David Robson, the new book, The Expectation Effect, How Your Mindset Can Change Your World. Mr. Robson, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grox Science Show. It's been a complete pleasure. Thank you.